Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris, and to my left we have... You got Sean tonight. And it's just us two tonight. Yeah. Teresa's up at camp for the evening. Uh, she had to go up for a meeting, and then she's going to be working tomorrow, so she figured she'd just stay over. Yeah, so, why not? Yeah, makes yeah. sense. So we decided we would record and catch up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I got to work on some catch up here. We have fallen quite behind on Forge and Fire, and... There's nothing we can do except watch them as we yeah. watch them. So we're going to start off uh, talking about the Season 6, Episode 35, the Jean Sword. But first off, Sean, what you drinking? I'm drinking some Back East Winterfest. It's, uh, it's like a dark beer. It's like a brown or something. Or, you know, it's a porter perhaps, but it's pretty good. That's cool. Pretty nice. good. I have the... Holes, Ein Collaborations Beer, mm. Later Holson Fest Beer. Yeah, there you go. And uh, it's pretty good. I like yeah. it. It's delicious. And what what would you say that, that style is? Hmm. Like a Pilsner or a lager? Yeah. Yeah, closer to a lager, I would yeah. say. It's pretty good. Yeah. Tasty. Got the leader hose the on the back. The guy in there, yeah. Yep. Anyway. That's All what right. we're drinking. Let's get right into this episode. So now, this episode came before or after the the crossbow. Well, that's the thing. Oh, did I do it wrong? It's yeah. right. Yeah. All right, we're going back here, <laughs> back back in time, back in time. One episode right. prior, before we get into that other wrap up, we're going into right. season six. Episode 34. Yes. The Rock Throwing Crossbow. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So our contestants, Colton Arias, part-time smith, six years of experience. He is at barbell underscore blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Then we have Bryce Perez, part-time smith, six years of experience. He is at Bryce Perez 21. We have Grant Saxman, part-time smith, three years of experience. And Craig Miller, part-time smith, three years of experience. At C. Miller Knives. Yes. So, round one. Interesting round. Interesting okay. concept here. There's a giant object covered, and Will rips the cover off. It's big blue. It's big blue. What? Yeah, and they're saying they're going to retire that big blue, and so part of that retirement is going to be scavenging steel from it so that they, they have to take the steel from the piston right in order to make competition choppers interesting very interesting yeah cool. so um but they have another big blue they replaced it yeah and uh yeah so they get at it they start ripping it apart they think it's one thing off cut it in chunks i think it's w1 or w2 yeah i don't know forget and so not much to really report on they're making competition choppers and they're just kind of you know forging stuff out they're using a new hammer and blah 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 um grant is pacing himself so he doesn't gas out in his words gassing out doesn't want to get gassed you know oh yeah and um he has some issues with warping after the quench goes for a second quench the warp comes back don't know what to do, you know, whatever. He's that was like, basically the highlight. That was the highlight of the troubles yeah. for that round. So it wasn't wasn't really anything major. No, not at all. Yeah. 
Moving on to judging uh, for Colton, he said he had, the blade had a nice profile. It was clean, but there was a slight warp in the tang. Mm-hmm. For Bryce, um, he had kind of a, well, Doug made a joke, had a <laughs> big butt, but he couldn't lie. And, yes, of course. But overall, it was a good job. Uh, for Grant, there's a big warp. Uh, there were also these kind of large divots uh, oh, towards oh, the top of the blade. Yeah, so he forged too deep yeah. when he was going through it, so he had lots of areas yeah. where there was just hammer marks going further right. than he wanted. Yep. Uh, and he needed to refine the handle. And for Craig, it was straight, and the handle was mostly there. Good job. So in the end, Grant got the boot um, and the worst warp and some design flaws. Yep. Well, that's too bad, but we move on to round two. They must include blue handle material to pay homage to Big Blue. Uh, during the round, Bryce has a questionable grinding technique. It's, there's a lot of rotation during the grinding. He's just got he's an eight-inch wheel, and he's just kind of like... Every <laughs> other direction, just <laughs> like all over Use the place. a flat surface or don't be on the wheel. You know, right. Like and so... He's doing that. He has issues getting his uh, scales to handle, uh, fitting them together. Yeah. Uh, for Craig, he was testing the sharpness. Oh, he was testing how sharp his blade was by shaving yeah. his hair off. And boy, it was sharp because it <laughs> shaved off some skin, too. Yeah. yeah. Caught oh. himself a little bit. Yeah, there. a little bit. Um, it was interesting because I think Teresa was asking why they would do that to like everybody's testing it on their arms i was like well it's That's... actually it's part of the master smith requirements for testing sharpness of a blade after yeah. you do a chopping test so you chop through like two by fours with the knife that you're testing with and then it still has to be able to shave hair off your arm afterwards what if you don't have hair on your arms then i guess you fail you fail yeah oh man <laughs> it's very <laughs> <laughs> Well, they don't have a backup plan. What if you shave some skin off? That well, should still count. That should probably count. All right. Yeah, okay. Right. Well, I'd be good with that. Loophole. I found it. Anyway. So, for the strength test, they had the bamboo chop. For Colton, his edge held up well. His warp was fixed prior to the uh, test. And uh, I think this was jay that was saying he would like to yeah. feel the handle be beefed up a little bit more yeah. it was a little a little small for his hands for bryce it wasn't the prettiest blade but it held up and the handle was just a little long yep. and for craig the edge was perfect it felt good and looked good yeah it turned in nice oh yeah nice blade it was very nice so for the sharpness test this is an interesting new one yeah the rope bridge slice right it's still just cutting rope, yeah. but it's kind of a neat concept where you're cutting the rope bridge itself. Yeah. So for Colton, uh, he had clean lines on his blade, and it will cut. For Bryce, he had a sharp edge, uh, but the shallow handle, there's a little shallow of a handle towards the blade. It will cut. And for Craig, he had a nice edge that slices nicely. It will cut. So because of all that, Bryce gets the boot because his handle was a little larger than the rest. Wait, I think it tapered towards the blade, and it was one of the complaints, but it was overall like Yeah, large. yeah, it was really large. And so it came down to the fine details yeah. because they all had passed the test. And then they move on to round three. The rock-throwing crossbow. What in yeah. the world? 
So it was developed in the 14th century and became popular in the 17th century. Um, it was also called the stone bow and is used to launch small stones or pellets. And it's popular amongst hunters for getting like smaller game and right. some medium-sized game. So curveball, second time crossbows on the episode or on the show. Sure. Um, so for Craig on day one, he decides to go with ADC or V2 for the prod, gets it quenched on day two, starts to shape the stock. Uh, and day three starts really working on a trigger mechanism and all the other stuff. Right. Uh, for Colton on day one, he, he's made crossbows as a kid, so he's kind of got oh. a leg up on this whole process. Yeah. He goes for 5160 for the bow, and he says, well, if it's spring steel, you want it to be springy, so this is what I'm going with. Makes sense. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, quenched, and, but didn't notice a little warp, so on day two, he kind of fixes the warp just through grinding. And he starts to fit everything to the stock. And then on day four, he works on siding the bow and just dialing it in and some test shots, and he's ready to go. Cool. So back to the forge, the keel test. This is an interesting one. It was a ballistics gel. I'm calling it the heart attack. Oh, So okay. there's a little heart surrounded by a, a cube of ballistics gel. Right. And Doug's going to fire pellets, three pellets, to try to pierce the heart through the gel. Right. Um, so for Colton, um, he didn't get the heart. The pellets went in, but they didn't go in that far. They didn't go in that far. And it seemed like it just, Colton mentioned he made it kind of light. He didn't, you know, make it like a heavy duty bow. So mm. his pellets weren't launching that deep into the ballistics gel. You know, there wasn't a lot of force behind it. Mm -hmm. So, Doug says it has nice construction. It's very sturdy, has a nice weight, but didn't penetrate the heart. It should kill, though. He it says. should kill. Should kill. Um, for Craig, it's a more powerful crossbow. His third shot got the heart. It will kill. That was pretty nasty. Yeah. So the first one, like, just hit like the the barrel or whatever. The second one glanced off into gel, but the third one went right in. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. Moving on to the impact test, which was a tempered glass smash by Dave Baker. For Colton, it smashes the glass like no problem. Colton's worried, but it got through. Uh, Dave says it's a beautiful craftsmanship, um, but not a very strong draw weight. Yeah, which, you know, just the less draw weight, the less power you're going to yeah. have. For Craig, well, it smashed the glass, Ooh. but... The bow fired without Dave touching the trigger. So Dave was like, okay, I'm ready. And then boom. Oh, the thing yeah. just took off and, you know, smashed the glass. He had just, he was he was getting it set up and he like jerked his yeah. arms a little bit. And it just was yep. enough to release the trigger. Yeah. So <sighs> therefore, Craig gets the boot because the weapon is unpredictable and gets a vote of no confidence amongst all the judges. Which, oh, man. That yeah. sucks because yeah. he would have won. I I guarantee he would have won if he if that hadn't gone yeah. off like that. Just he he said he the way he made it, it was just it was just like a really light trigger and mm -hmm. it just wasn't gonna hold up. So unfortunately he got the boot and Colton ended up pulling out the win on this kind of technical tech, technicality, if you will. Right. Not um, to say that his wasn't good too. Yeah, he had a I very mean, good crossbow. Yeah. 
But uh, he had experience and it helped him win because maybe he would have had a, a problem like that with if he didn't have the experience. Right, and plus he didn't he even he actually had secondary. Um, yeah, he had like a spring loaded thing so it would lock in place. And then yeah, but I mean for the actual um, the bow itself. That oh, he had flexing, like he had secondary ones on the yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah, they like those too. Yeah, it was kind of neat because yeah. you have to assume that's providing a little bit more. I think it stability. reinforced the the bow from like bending and, right you know maybe providing a little extra tension on on the draw weight yeah but and it was good yeah well congratulations to colton and everybody that was on the episode and that was it for season six episode 24 the rock throwing crossbow now a word from our sponsor this video is sponsored by Forged, a Jason Knight Maker series. What's that all about? Oh, that is the new series by Jason Knight that is available through his website where Jason gives you tips and tricks and lessons on how to make the elemental knife, in his words, the, the forged style knives that he likes nice. to make. Forged to sharp, as he would say. Um, it's a great video series that he's put together. Currently, you can purchase it on his website and there's six videos to watch in the first six parts of the series there's going to be exclusive content available on the site as well coming soon and if you want to purchase it you can go to nightforgestudio.com to see where this is and, and purchase it is there a promo code as a matter of fact there is hey if you go on this nightforge studio and use coupon code fof15 FOF15, you can get $15 discounted from the price of this video series. Nice. So go on there. If you really want to check out these videos, listen, we have the views on the other video that we did with Jason Knight to kind of prove that we know you like them. People like watching Jason Knight work. This video series is all about Jason Knight doing his work. Yep. And making some badass knives. Learn from a master smith. Exactly. It's, it's really, if you think about it, you're learning these lessons from a master smith. It's, it's a bargain. Yeah. So check out the video series and uh, don't forget to use the promo code FOF15 to save $15 on your purchase of the Forge Jason Knight Maker Series videos. Be a maker. Go check it out. And we're back. Yes, we are. All right. So, what's up? What's next? We're going to go into the next episode of Forge and Fire. We're going right. to do two episodes. This one is Season 6, Episode 35, The Jean Sword. Okay. And our competitors for this one were Ryan Broadbeck, who had studied mechanical engineering technology, so I had to make a note of that because I oh, am wow. technically have a mechanical engineering degree. Oh, wow, look at you. Look at me. Two years experience. Yeah. Um, and... The, he was the first one that I noticed that I recognized him right away because I follow him on Instagram already. He's Broadbeck Ironworks. Mm -hmm. So Jay Nielsen has been posting about a Broadbeck's Ironworks grinder that he just got, and this uh, is the guy that makes uh, it. Uh -huh. And interestingly enough, mm -hmm. Vince Molina mm -hmm. is Ryan's partner at Broadbeck Ironworks. What? Yeah. Wow. So they both are like working Broadbeck Ironworks. They both have their own separate forge accounts so he has a broadback forge works and then vince molina i believe is dreamer forge knives or uh, something like that okay uh vince molina he had six years experience yep. uh casey cleveland with 
four years experience. He was actually a knife or death competitor yeah. at one point. And uh, then there was Sean Mullenbelt, who had three years experience. And Casey Cleveland actually had an Instagram handle that I was able to find, too. It's uh, Cleveland underscore knives. All right. And Sean Mullenbelt is at 51 Bravo. So those are the competitors for this episode. And for round one, they are given a dagger, a kukri, a coffin handle buoy, karambit, and a jambia. And they must pick one knife style and combine it with the handle of another knife style. Yeah. And they're given W1 round stock to do it with. So Pretty interesting concept. Yeah, it is. It's different. It's definitely... Very different. And another different piece of this is that each smith gets their own play set of knives and handles to mm-hmm. kind of try it out and you know see what they like and put things together and kind of <coughs> visualize what it would look like and how the function would be so oh, yeah. they got to know you know use that which i'm sure is very helpful cuz without it that would that would suck right well if you look at what they ended up doing there should have been you know there was what five different weapons and so yeah. there should have been what how, how many different combinations would that be 20 25 uh, a lot well you could and you had to mix it so you couldn't have it'd be 4 times 5 because you couldn't have a dagger handle with the with the dagger blade right so 20 different okay. options let's go but, with that there's, so let's say there's 20 different options. Teresa can check my math and let me know later on. Mm-hmm. And what are the odds? What are the odds that they that... only ended up coming up with two combinations <laughs> yeah. between the four of them? Yeah. So Sean and Vince both did a kukri with the coffin handle, and then Ryan and Casey did buoys with the karambit handle. Right. And so... Uh, Sean had a hard time shaping his kukri, and so he ends up heating it up and smashing it against the horn of his anvil to shape it around yeah. it that way, and it worked pretty That's well. That's a method that people use, and oh, it yeah. worked well. Vince drew out his blade very, very thin and ended up crushing the tip, Yeah. so he had to reprofile his blade because the tip was cracked after the quench. Yep. For Sean, he uh, had to quench multiple times to get to the proper hardness, and then Ryan quenched very hot, and his finger ring started to warp after he quenched it. So he's reshaping it, and Doug made a point to mention out that he hadn't dremeled out the finger hole yet. Yeah. Which could lead to a sharp, you know, painful situation for the person wielding the knife. Look, you got the handle around, you can do all that shit in. Right. Well, anyway, for the judging... We have Sean with his kukri and coffin handle is pretty badly warped. And the handle was very long. For Vince, with the kukri with coffin handle, he had a good shape, but his handle needed more grinding. Mm -hmm. For Ryan, his buoy with the karambit handle, the ring isn't round, it's oblong, and it's so thin that it's a finger slicer. Yeah. it It was really thin metal at that point. It would have not been comfortable. And then for Casey, he also had the buoy with karambit handle, and Doug just said, "Wow, and yeah. it looked great." And it came he out did really a, good. did a really good job. It was that. really good. Yeah. So, because of uh, the 
handle on his knife, Ryan ended up getting the boot. And they moved on to round two. Okay. Round two, they have two hours to complete the handles. So uh, Vince immediately addresses the judge's concerns. He attaches his scales one side at a time. And Vince's coffin handle is more of a casket shape, they say. Mm-hmm. And um, he put in some you know, divots in there for grip. I don't think it looked that much like a coffin. No, no. The <laughs> definite all. shape for a coffin that it's supposed to look like, it wasn't close. Yeah. Um, Sean works on grinding out his warp, and he couldn't line up his handle pinholes, but then he gets it. Yep, it's kind of some yeah, drama. Do. And then Casey immediately starts his handle, then focuses on making his blade a true hybrid Bowie karambit. Right. He he was like kind of mixing up the style of the blade a little yeah. and going crazy with it. Yeah. So moving to testing, we have the antler chop. So for Sean, uh, quick with the coffin handle, the knife broke on the fifth hit. Ooh. And so there's large grain structure um, from a high Tim quench, and it looked like it might have been a stress fracture in right. there too. Um, so for Vince and Casey, they just have to survive five strikes. So for Vince, <laughs> he had the cookie with the coffin handle, and Teresa says his handle looks like a pickle, not a coffin. <laughs> this, is just this green, green shape yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, and he survives. And Casey, um, he has to survive, and he does. Yep. So he got through. And so Sean got the boot. And moving on to round three. The Jian Sword. It was from 17th century B.C. 7th China. century B.C. 7th century B.C. China is a straight double-edged blade that requires the finesse of a true swordsman. Right. It has to be 23 to 25 inches with a central ridge on both sides, a handle, and a disc pommel. For Vince, he went with 80 CRV2, and he gets a little bit of bend in it as he's forging, but nothing too major. For day two, he finished up his bevels and heat treated his blade. And on day four, he finished up his pommel, which was really oversized, so he had to cut it down. Yeah. The way that they he described it was that, like, I forget what the weight was, but, like, he basically said that he cut, like, half the weight out by of the blade by reducing it's, the size of the pommel. No like, way. It, it didn't seem right. No. So, I don't know. It seemed strange. The pommel would have to be, like, a baseball. Right. Or, or like made of lead or something. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, I don't know. It was no. strange. It was, yeah. Anyway, for Casey, he decided he wanted to make Damascus. Uh, and then on day three, he has his guard on and the handle is in place. And he has a hard time threading his tang and then ends up cutting it off altogether. <laughs> and then when I was looking at the closed captions for it, I think that during the episode they said that he had a janky tang. Yeah. But it came out as danky tang <laughs> in the closed captioning and I, I stopped everything and I had to go to Teresa I go have you ever heard of Danky Kang <laughs> and she's like no and so I had to look up the meme the Danky Kang meme in the origin of that <laughs> apparently it wasn't actually a Jeopardy thing but it was like it was based like somebody created a fake Jeopardy thing All right. where it was asking the woman had to identify Sonic mm-hmm. the hedgehog yeah. and it was I forgot what the question was, but it's like who is this blue character that runs fast and collects rings? And she wrote who is Danky Kang. <laughs> <laughs> and then so if you look up pictures of Danky Kang, it's like 
It's like a really just messed up and like <laughs> deformed looking of Donkey Kong. <laughs> it's on the, a dank. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So sorry for that little aside. <laughs> on day four, it was all about fit and finish. And then for testing back in the forge, they had the ballistics jump dummy keel test. For Vince, it will keel, and for Casey, it will also keel. Pretty straightforward test. Yeah. And then for the strength test, it is the heavy pot smash. Basically, a bunch of pots hanging, oh. uh, and you got to smash them with your blade. For Vince, his pommel broke off on the third strike, and so they had yeah. to stop testing. And Casey just had to make it through three strikes to win. And because of that, he did make it through those three yep. strikes. Vince got the boot, and Casey won the episode. So congratulations, Casey. Good job to all the guys that were on the episode. Very impressive. Yeah. Um, that handle and knife combination, is that's tough because these knives are designed the way that they are with those handles for a reason. Right. So to mix and match them is really could be difficult. So congrats to them on being able to come up with designs in general yeah. that worked out. Make so, it work. Yeah. So that's that. That's the episode of Season 6, Episode 35, The John Sword. Nice. And now it's time for Tales from Infinite Four. Oh, yeah. Do, 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 do. Hooray. Okay. All right. So why don't you start us off with okay. a somewhat kind of a not hooray? Oh yeah, it was like Whoa, what? Yeah. So what was it two weeks ago? We had some crazy windstorm. I mean, this is the worst windstorm I've ever been in. It was pretty crazy. It was bad. Like this shit was wild. So I don't know. It was like eleven thirty at night. I'm home with the dog, and wind's just blowing on. I I just got a. I'm like man. Some branches are some some shit's gonna go down like somewhere wrong neighborhood because it's full of trees. Well, wouldn't you know a branch, basically the top of a tree, falls like right behind my car. Oof! Right, and I had to go in like really early in the morning to work. I had to go in for like quarter to six. So I was like, well, I either deal with it now, or I get up at like four and try to cut this thing so I can get out. So. And it, like, grazed the Jeep a little bit. And I was like, okay, it's not bad. Like, all right, yeah. no big deal. So I'm out there, like, cutting it up. And it's a big freaking limb. Like, it's it's big. So I'm like, it took me an hour just to like, clear enough out so I can get out in the morning. All right, fine. Now, luckily, there was no rain or anything like that. It was just wind. Right. So, I don't know, maybe two hours later, still windy, hasn't let up. I hear, like, uh a thud. I kind of feel a little something too. I'm like, all right, maybe another branch came down or something like that. So I'm like, oh, I look out the windows. Let me, let me check to see what it is. I don't want to deal with something else behind the car again. So I'm looking out. I don't see anything in the backyard. It's the normal stuff. I'm like, okay. So I look out my bedroom window. I open the blinds. There's a tree right there, <laughs> right? Maybe like six feet from, from me is, is a tree that, had uprooted and just kind of came and is leaning against the house. It's oh, leaning against the roof. Geez. It's right there. Look to my left. We have the chimney. There's another tree. It's leaning against the house, too. So there's two trees leaning oh against the gosh. house, like a, where the bedroom is, where I am laying in the bed. They're just <laughs> I'm flanked by 
giant trees that have decided to uproot and are resting against the house. So I'm like, okay, this is great. So, uh, dude, they, that's craziness. If they if they had fallen from a little bit farther away or something, if they there was more distance, they could have just you know come in a little bit more. They, the house, they, man. Something you... bad definitely would have happened. Could have happened. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I, it's it's crazy. So. I'm like, all right, so I just kind of go back to bed. What am I gonna do? Well, I could have just went to the other to the the other bedroom oh, or true. something, you know. But I was like, ah, I just didn't care. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> whatever. whatever. Uh, and so I didn't like to hear like creaking and stuff once in a while. All right, so maybe like an hour later, more winds. Finally, like I hear this big crash, and so that other tree gets taken down and just goes into the backyard lands like across the deck crushes like two railings crushes both of my grills i can't see the jeep anymore it's surrounded by the top of the tree it's it's engulfed in tree oh my god like there's no way that i was going to cut cut that out there's no way you couldn't see it you couldn't <laughs> see the car so i was like all right <laughs> and there's nothing i can do so um, and meanwhile, I'm, I'm texting the wife. I'm like, oh, this is what's going on. Like, there's a lot of wind. Oh, you know, the branch fell and then the tree fell. And, it's, you know, good thing she wasn't there. That's all I can say. There's been a lot of freaking out. Sure. And could have been two cars smashed or whatever. Oh, easily. Yeah. So I had to take an Uber to work at like, you know, five something in the morning. <laughs> oh, I'm like, geez. I don't know if there's any cars running. There's a dude. Took me to work. It was a good ride. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, buddy. Um, and then so they clean up. You know, we had a tree company come. They finally, they finally cut it all up. Um, they took the stuff down. It was kind of exciting. And then uh, they cut it all up in chunks. And so, yeah, so two railings on the deck completely smashed. Two grills completely <sighs> smashed. Like one is like pancaked. The other one was just mangled. Put them out on a curb. Someone just took them like right away. So that's oh, cool. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to deal with it. And then um, part of the gutter on a garage got like bent and like hit. And then the Jeep, the windshield was smashed. The side mirror was like taken, not completely off. It was just hanging by the power cable. <laughs> oh, um, the roof rail on the driver's side was like, like got popped up. Oh. One, like it ripped off of the screws holding it in. Like it was a little divot there. Part of the cowl on the front got smashed. So try to get the windshield fixed. One company was like, no, the frame's too rusted out. I just want to get through the winter. So I call local company, tell them what happened. All right, bring it in. We'll see what we can do. All right, next day. Okay, it's ready. Wow. They slapped the windshield in there. They said, yeah, it was pretty bad. The <laughs> frame was pretty rusty. We used a plenty of urethane on there so you should be good <laughs> hey it's working there you go yeah so um you know some like the windshield wipers are like like little like <laughs> they don't like to move like it looks like one of the arms got like a little bent and when i turn the heater on now there's like there's gotta be like glass pieces like getting caught in the motor so it's like <laughs> like there's a lot of noise in there now and if i turn it up too high like it starts you can feel a shake in the car like like the oh, fan wow. motor just like shaking around so 
It's still going. Uh, still going. You know, get through the winter and uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so that's fun and dealing with insurance to try to get stuff repaired and money for that. Oh yeah. So uh, that's that. But this past weekend, I, I, uh, you know, I decided to put a new sink and vanity in, in our uh, master bath. Oh okay. Get rid of the old cast iron pedestal oh, yeah. sink. We had to do a storage in there, so I'm, you know, finally I was like, you know, I could probably just pop one of these. I saw them at Home Depot. Yeah, they come. There's a whole cabinet assembly comes with a sink. Just stuck it right in there, and uh, it was pretty, pretty good. The size is kind of weird because it's like a 22 inch opening. Standard is like 24 for all the cabinets they sell. Right. So they have like an 18. So I got the 18, and it fits all right. It looks all right. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah, those are pretty easy to hook up. So that's, yeah, that's a nice job. The only thing that sucked is I had to buy a new faucet. The faucet I had there was newer, but I had to buy a new one because the the one I had was a three piece, and on the sink the holes are really close. So I had to get the the one piece oh, faucet okay. has everything attached to it. Got it. It's all in one. And then I had to deal with some ceiling issues. So to get a little technical, if anyone cares about plumbing and whatnot. In most sinks, you have the, you ever see like the holes, that hole that's like in there? That's yeah. an overflow. So if the water gets up in a sink, it can go through the hole, and that hole goes down into where the drain stopper is. Where that connects, there's actually holes in that tailpiece that allows that water to go down the drain. Right. So my sink doesn't have that. Oh. So, but the drain tailpiece has the holes in it. So what was happening is, and I was trying to find out where this water was coming from, not a lot, but I was like noticing it. So as water was going down the drain, I would, I'm seeing some drips. Looks like that it was going into those holes, even though it had like nowhere to go. Oh. It was kind of just building up in there and then kind of somehow getting past the rubber seal from underneath. And then we just find a little way to get down and like dribble down. Right. So I just put, I took some plumber's putty. I took that up. I kind of blocked the holes and plugged them up, stuck it back down. And I think that's going to be the solution. So Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, just to fill that cavity because it was just enough where that water, if it just had a little opening to get past that, that rubber, mm-hmm. it was just making it through. Other than that, that should be good. Cool. Yeah. Well, for me, I uh, I got some time within the last couple weeks to get out to the forge and get the 2x72 grinder all set up and then I took the the knives that I've been working on to the grinder and started doing some profiling and some uh, grinding of the blade itself and nice discovering which ones have cracks and which ones don't yeah one of them is pretty badly cracked that was the one I dropped in the water oh okay didn't make it it's it you know I took the thing and I smashed it on cement pretty yeah. hard right after the heat treat and everything it was cracked before the heat treat like the because it was already gone at that right. point but it hasn't broken yet so i might see the you know see if i can at least complete it and put together a knife still with it a little box cutter yeah that's all it has yeah, to be go. just make it a knife it's the practice that i'm looking for so yeah. so that was cool i uh i got the forge up and going and i got some more uh horseshoes straightened out i made a new style of horseshoe hook where it's a double hook 
So the bottom kind of loops down and has a little scroll at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to do just like a decorative scroll on the top. And I'm like, oh, wait, this thing is long enough that if I were just to add like another little hook here, you could easily put like a couple of sweatshirts or a couple different yeah. things on there. So I came up with a little design for that. And it just got me thinking. It's like, oh, wow, I can do a lot just with these horseshoes. And uh, our friend... Forging Feathers, Zach, actually messaged and was like, hey, you could do stuff like this. And he sent me some different ideas of things that he's made, different types of um, artistic blacksmithing you can do with them. So cool. planning out some stuff for those. I have some ideas for more hooks I want to do. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I'm hoping maybe tomorrow I'll be able to get some time out there again. Oh, and I actually found a someone locally was getting rid of a post vice which I've been mm -hmm. looking for since I set up the shop and they were giving it, you know, they had a good price and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. And he also had a two burner forge that he oh. was getting rid of again for a good price. And I was like, you know what? I'll take them both. And now I have a two burner forge that has a side door. So now when I want to do these horseshoes, it's going to make it a lot easier to get them in and out. Mm -hmm. I can just open the side door and slide them in that way. Cool. And it's going to be, two burners so it'll get hotter faster and I'll be able to get started working faster and less time in between heats to, to yeah. do what I got to do. Nice. So that should be good. I just got to get it all hooked up with uh, the different wire line or gas line uh, so I can hook it all to the tank and then that'll be that. So that's really all I've been working on is just using the grinder, getting used to grinding things again and getting some forging time in when I can. I'm not really working on so many knives forging-wise right now. I want to kind of finish off the ones that I have. Yeah. And then, you know, get to work on some more. All right. So that's, that's cool. it. Yeah. It's my Tales from Infinite Forge. Nice. Good get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think that's probably a good spot to wrap it up for today. We've yeah. already done two Forge and Fire wrap-ups on top of that. So thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Thanks, everybody, to who uh, who has subscribed to us on the YouTube channel. We just broke 1,800 subscribers on YouTube. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'll I can't it. complain about that. And um, other than that, yeah, follow us in all the places, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and YouTube are the main ones. And thanks again for watching, and we'll catch you in the next one. See ya. Later. <laughs>